Hello and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford and I'm the managing editor of MDDI, a publication owned by Informa. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with Jim Hollingshead, the president of the sleep and respiratory care business at ResMed. Now, ResMed is a San Diego-based medical equipment company that provides cloud-connectable medical devices for the treatment of sleep apnea, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and other respiratory conditions. We're going to be talking with Jim today about ResMed's progress, how it's been performing during the pandemic, the impact that COVID-19 has had on its business, and our conversation actually takes a surprising turn when we talk about the emergence of the software engineer in MedTech. It's an incredible conversation and don't want you to miss it. But before we get into it, here's a special announcement from Lori Lehman, our Director of Content at Informa Markets, about an upcoming event that you just can't miss. Hello, Lori. How are you? Hi, Omar. I'm doing well. I feel like it's been forever since we last spoke. I understand that there's an amazing opportunity coming up for us to reconnect with our audience. Yes, it's Informa's MD&M and Biomed Digital Virtual Conference, an event that brings together cutting-edge engineers, innovative thinkers, and business leaders who impact the progression of the world's biotechnology. Awesome. So what can we expect from this year's virtual event? Oh, there's going to be a lot going on. We've got a panel on developing your next diagnostic or point-of-care product, two expert physicians discussing the convergence of image-guided robotics and AI technologies in clinical practice, a panel on design and product development principles for connected devices, and... Hold on, Lori. We don't want to give it all away. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us. How can we find out more information and register? Yes, it will be held April 6th and 7th, and you can register at biomedboston.com. Awesome. I can't wait. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Omar. And don't wait so long to reach out next time. I promise. I promise. And now, on to our conversation with Jim Hollingshead. Well, hello, Jim, and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. Uh, appreciate you uh, coming out and, and speaking with us today. Thank you, Omar. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Sure. Well, want to talk a little bit about ResMed and ResMed's mission, and was wondering if you could maybe give us an overview and talk a little bit about the company and what it's working sure. on. Yeah. Of course. Um, ResMed is uh, one of the world-leading companies in respiratory care therapies, probably best known historically uh, for sleep apnea therapy, so so-called CPAP devices, um, but we have a wide range of offerings. We we um, create we build um, medical devices like CPAP machines. We build ventilators. Uh, we have digital uh, enabled offerings with smart inhalers, and so we have a very wide range of offerings uh, for therapies related to obstructive sleep apnea, um, respiratory insufficiency, and and uh, COPD and other conditions like asthma, and we also have. Um, a range of offerings. We have a division that uh, uh, is called the SAS division 
um, which provides uh, workflow management and billing solutions for sites of care that are out of the hospital. So we're active in 140 countries. We're about $3 billion in revenue, and we're uh, somewhere around $30 billion market cap company. But our real mission is to help patients who suffer from respiratory conditions or from conditions that are treated out of the hospital um, to have higher quality of life, better life, um, and lead normal lives with the care they need, uh, supported by the best therapies and uh, digital solutions. Now, respiratory, uh, nowadays, that seems to be a, a, a key word or a hot button, a hot topic, especially with the pandemic and with COVID-19 and the impact that we've seen on people's respiratory systems. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. What changes have you seen uh, with with your products, with your services because of COVID-19? And also, does any of that bear out in your recent earnings report? Great question, Omar. The COVID, the COVID pandemic has created awareness in a number of areas where ResMed is very active and very well positioned uh, to help patients and providers. So COVID has obviously lifted awareness uh, and concern around respiratory conditions in general. Um, and it's really increased awareness around um, the utility of digital offerings in healthcare to help virtualize care. Um, because of obviously with COVID, um, uh, many, in many cases, um, people didn't want to go into clinics. You know, you didn't want to go into the hospital or into a care setting. And so the value on digital care has become uh, much more apparent to the market. Um, and I've, all of that awareness has been driven by COVID is tied very closely to the things ResMed has been doing now for uh, many years. Um, and we think that the awareness driven around those areas will, will position us for, um, continue to position us for growth. And if I just give you a couple of details, you know, back in 2014, we launched digital offerings, for example, in our sleep therapy area. We launched, a, um, we put a cell chip on every device, um, which allowed us to um, uh, take patient usage data, put it in the cloud, and that allowed providers, and in that case, say in the US market, home medical equipment providers and the main uh, provider channel for CPAP therapy, that allowed providers to remotely manage patients, see if they were, uh, how they were doing on therapy and then coach them, manage them by exception. And it allowed patients to have a better experience on therapy because we pushed the data up in the cloud and we allowed patients to see their use of the therapy in an app that we call MyAir. And so the patient had a better experience on therapy. So we've been doing that now. Uh, for seven years, and um, our, our our offerings have been so widely adopted in that area that we um, we have more than 13 million patients who are connected to the cloud in that therapy area, and we're amassing a bunch of data. So we've been doing that for a long time. What happened with COVID is suddenly the market really saw how important it is to be able to use digital therapies to give patients access to high quality care. Um, and, and we're seeing that more and more in different areas. So you've seen an expansion, for example, of telemedicine where patients are doing, say, video consults. You know, that's something that was a growing area of medical care. But COVID really, I think, has taken it to the tipping point. And so you've seen an acceptance. You know, patients have come to realize that digital care can be very useful for them as they try to access their physicians, access other healthcare providers, and that digital therapy can help them manage their own experience on whatever, you know, a whole range of, of um uh, medical and med device care can now be um, uh, assisted through digital offerings. And so you see very heavy patient acceptance, and you're starting to see physician acceptance of the same thing. Physicians, I think, are starting to understand that um, you know patients may not be able to come to their clinic, 
but they can interface uh, with their patients virtually. So the COVID crisis, I think, has taken some of the trends that ResMed has been tapping into now for the better part of a decade and really driven it all front of mind. And I think it positions us very, very clearly for um, to continue and uh, and pioneering in these areas, which we've been doing for a while, but also positions us for future growth. Sure. I've talked with, uh, I've spoken with CEOs in the past, and I've asked them uh, specifically about telemedicine and how COVID-19 has kind of uh, jump-started things. And the answer, the same answer I always get is that it's kind of leapfrogged us us or pushed us forward by five years. You know, Mm -hmm. telemedicine would have been here in uh, the level that we're at now would have been here here in five years or so time. And with that being said, it, it, it just seems as if this is an incredible driver, and I know it's a, it's a deadly virus, and and totally understand that. But it's an incredible driver for some of these technologies that have been out, have been on the market for a while, and it it, it just seems to be pushing telemedicine and digital health uh, very quickly. This pandemic, I com- I completely agree with that. And so the trend, you know, it's uh, the trend was there. And um, what COVID's done is by increasing awareness and increasing acceptance has accelerated that. Um, and I think that you know, um, I, it's my personal view, but I think it's ResMed's view that um, digital care, digital care on top of, say, medical device care in conjunction with medical device care is really the future of managing chronic diseases, mm-hmm. right? Because chronic diseases, so you take chronic respiratory diseases and, uh, you know, obstructive sleep apnea, um, which is really, you know, the, the largest part of our business is a very good example. The mm-hmm. sleep apnea patient, you know, to get set up on therapy and then to be managed on therapy with, if there's no data in that flow, it's very labor intensive, right? Sure. So there's multiple steps the patient has to go through to get diagnosed, to get, you know, set up and, you know, it's um, shown, you know, to be shown how the device is used, to be shown how to fit the mask that they wear as a part of that therapy and, and follow up very, very labor intensive if it's all being done through brick and mortar only, right? But when you can put data solutions into that flow, what happens is you remove all of the silos, which is what we've been working on now for quite a while. You remove the silos of care. You you kind of defragment the patient experience, which makes it a much better experience for the patient and, you know, gives them an opportunity to manage their care. And, and we've proven drives up adherence on therapy, which is really what you're trying to get to. You want patients to use their therapy so they get the benefit of the therapy and you get better health outcomes. So by putting putting a digital flow into that, you know, you're making the patient experience much better and you're making the provider channel much more efficient because they can focus their effort on the patients that need more help. And they don't have to do some sort of, you know, um, robotic follow-up with every patient. Many patients will just adopt therapy and, and be fine with very limited handholding. Some patients need more attention, more care. The digital tools streamline that um, in a way that's just better for care overall. It's better for the patient, it's better for the provider, and ultimately it will drive better outcomes. So that's a trend that's been going. COVID has, has really accelerated that. And I think what we're going to see now is, um, you know, I would have said, I would have said before COVID, there's no turning back from digital health. Yeah, but COVID yeah. has created a huge tailwind that's going to continue to accelerate that. I want to pick up on something else that you said that's very interesting. And it's with the use of the digital tools, we're seeing the patients have more control. 
Now, I know you mentioned that some do need um, hand-holding. Uh, some do need a little bit more hand-holding, but mm-hmm. you have patients that have more control. Do you think that we're moving toward that in the industry overall, in the healthcare industry, when we have patients taking more control of their health uh, through the use of digital tools? And, and you know, I've interviewed uh, several companies about that. I just spoke with a, a live core um, about ECG readings and how it, more and more patients are kind of grasping that now and they want to monitor their their heart rhythms and their heartbeats. And I'm just wondering if you're seeing the same, if ResMed is kind of seeing the same traction or the same interest. Absolutely. We're seeing we're seeing exactly the same interest. And um, I think, you know, Omar, I want more control over my healthcare. I'll bet you yeah. want more control over your healthcare, yeah. right? Yeah. And and so um, so it, it, when we put the tools in the patient's hands, what we see is much higher engagement in general, right? Um, now you know that's different. Just like some patients need you know kind of more face to face support than others, I think you know not every patient's the same. Yeah. And different groups of patients, you know, want more control, you know, and and some don't. Some want to, you know, some sort of some want you know kind of just. Just tell me how to use it and leave me alone, right? So it's not not every uh, individual in the market wants the same level of control. But overall, the trend is that patients really want to have insight into their care. They want to have more control over their care. They want to understand what what therapy is doing, you know, with them and for them. They want to see how it's helping them, right? Um, and so, for example, if you take our 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 main app, MyAir, in our CPAP um, offerings, what that does is if you have sleep apnea. You often it takes a while to figure out for any individual that they have sleep apnea because it's something that's happening while you're asleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get diagnosed on sleep apnea, let's say you get set up on a CPAP device and it's helping you breathe at night. You know, in the past, uh, you might wake up in the morning and you might be wearing your mask, you might not. You know, you know, you you often have no idea how long did I use it and so on. And what our app does is it allows the patient to see how long they wore the device. You know, was their mask fitted properly? Did it leak? And it gives them a score on how well they slept on therapy. And what we see with just even those are just simple bits of information for the patient to kind of self-manage their care. And what we see with that is um, 20 points. So more than 20 percent gross lift in adherence. So if a patient is on our therapy and they're being remote monitored, their adherence is usually, say, 60 or so percent Mm -hmm. to therapy. But if they're if they're on our therapy and they're using our app, adherence goes up to 87, 88 percent, which is an extraordinarily high number for any therapy. Right. Um, For, you know, for medicine, for oral meds, that would be an extraordinarily high adherence number for oral meds. And here's a device that someone has to wear on their face. Right. To sleep. And and it uh, helps them breathe at night. So that just gives you an indication of how effective digital tools can be in helping patients. Um, care for themselves and really engage in their own care in a way that, you know, really no provider can do for them. Right. Um, and so I think it's uh, I think enabling patients with digital tools is absolutely how care is going to be done in the future, wherever, wherever we can do it. And we're and I think the market will really demand it. And I think patients want it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Outside of COVID, what would you say would be uh, what would you say was the spark that kind of um, ignited the digital health phenomenon in in, in healthcare. 
Well, as I said, ResMed, you know, for us, um, for ResMed, we we got into this relatively early. We were one of the pioneers and may, maybe the pioneer of remote monitoring um, in medical device. Sure. And, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, a decade ago, 2010, 2011, we were seeing developments in the market uh, that drove us to make the decision um, to put uh, to put digital offerings out and in, in, uh, into our into our therapies. And, and in a very short version, I could tell a long version of this story. But in a nutshell, what we saw was, you know, growing need. Um, there's very large. There are more than 930 million people worldwide suffer from sleep apnea. It's a huge number. It's a huge public health problem because sleep apnea is upstream of so many other chronic conditions, you know, so cardiac conditions, type two diabetes and so on. So it's a very, very big health problem. So mm -hmm. huge unmet need on the one hand, but on the other hand, what you see is, um, you know, because there's so many chronic conditions that are taking up so much spend from governments and payers, um, there's a real need to manage reimbursement. And so for us back in 2010, we saw the double whammy of Medicare was going to cut rates in, in the sleep apnea therapy area for CPAP therapy. And commercial payers in the U.S. were more and more putting prior authorization um, onto diagnosis. And, you know, we looked at that and said, these patients aren't going to get care um, and, unless we can find a way to add more value into the care platform and take a cost. And that's what led us to, to launch uh, a cell chip on every device. And at the time, it felt like a big bet because it was a, it was a big departure for our industry um, to put that offer out there. But the idea is, again, if you can improve the patient experience, keep them more adherent, um, you, they're, they're going to use the therapy. Um, payers will see outcomes, and we're working really hard to prove that right now uh, in a way that we couldn't do before without data. And providers can, can operate in a way that's much more streamlined. You can take the cost of the labor of managing a chronic care patient out by providing workflow tools and and by and by allowing um, providers to see the data of all of their patients and manage patients by exception. So we made that leap back in, you know, we made the decision to do that around a decade ago. We got it into market in a couple of years. And I think it's the same sort of thing. You see it in other chronic care therapy areas now. Um, you know, so for us in CPAP therapy, we're, we're applying it in ventilation. We're applying it in um, with smart inhalers uh, for asthma patients and COPD patients who are on dry inhaled medicines. But you're seeing this and obviously a huge growth of this in diabetes and in other areas like you mentioned in cardiac. Um, and I, I think it's a trend that uh, um, uh, it's just going to continue because it creates so much value. Mm -hmm. Now, some of our market um, audience, MDDI and Let's Talk MedTech's market audience uh, are engineers. and one question I had that they might find interesting, uh, the engineers might find interesting, is when we look at devices now and we look at what ResMed has done, it seems to be opening up a new category or new opportunities for engineers to come in because we're talking about, you know, designing apps and, and making uh, devices and technology smarter, so to speak. Uh, could you speak to that, Eni? Um, is is that something that has really been growing over the last 10 years? Uh, you know, when you all decided to make this leap, did you find that you were reaching out to more software engineers or? Absolutely. I, I think there's a there's a big opportunity uh, for software engineers um, for product management mm -hmm. uh, in, in MedTech as you see more and more digital solutions 
Um, and and our experience, what you know, we used to we used to talk about it this way, where um, when we made this transition um, in that kind of twenty, you know, sort of twenty ten to twenty fourteen timeframe, mm-hmm. uh, we used to say, well, ResMed is a mechanical engineering company, and now we're becoming also a software engineering company. Um, and so we built out, you know, we hired we hired a lot of software engineers uh, through the transition, and that's just continued. Um, and for us, and you know, for uh, you know, for your podcast audience, that might be thinking about how how will I, as a medical device company, configure my organization? Um, I think that, that there's been waves of transition for us. We first had to figure out um, how to hire software engineers and what that would look like because we were a mechanical engineering yeah. company. And um, and that you know we did that by hiring people. We also did it through some acquisitions. We acquired a company called Brighttree, uh, which is one of our main SaaS uh, portfolio companies that uh, services um, the home medical equipment, the DME uh, uh, equipment market, uh, with with workflow solutions and with billing. So we made that acquisition, and then we started to hire. And you know some funny funny anecdotes maybe are to we found that to hire software engineers we actually had to redesign one of our floors. So it looked more like a software company. So there's learnings like that, uh, that we had. And more and more, um, our R&D spend has shifted um, to uh, software development and to digital technologies. And so we've built out software capabilities, we've built out digital science capabilities, and we're in the process of building that out. Um, We've changed the shape of our sales force. And so um, you know, we still obviously have a terrific sales force that's out working with our customers to talk about our offerings, but, but we've also added a component to that, which is um, solutions consultants who, who you know, in work with customers to understand how to adopt the digital solutions in their workflows. Um, and so it's been a, you know, it's been a big change. And, I, and it's absolutely the case that there's significant opportunity for um, software engineers in the industry as we make this digital revolution. Okay. Another question on that. Does the culture of the company change a bit? I know you said you had to redesign a a, a floor, but does the, the culture kind of change or or is it modified? Because you have the software engineers coming in that might have a different philosophy, um, might not be used to working in an environment with healthcare and some of the challenges that working in med that that come with med, working in med tech. Omar, that's such an interesting question. I, um, what I, you know, first of all, the first thing I would say is, ResMed has always been a very innovative company, yeah. and and so in our culture, innovation was at a premium and just wired into the DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that uh, if there if there been a, a changes that there's sort of so I think the digital uh, the growth of digital in our business has added to the culture. Gotcha. Um, and I would say it. I would say it in a couple of ways. The first thing that changes, or maybe the the first most noticeable change for us, was if you're a medical device company, you're kind of you know traditionally you're probably used to a product development flow um, that has you know kind of a an old fashioned waterfall cadence to it, right? So if you're building a CPAP device, the next generation of CPAP device for us, it's a little bit like building the next Corolla. You know, it's sort of a it's a sort of a four or five year process to design it and get it out. And you might be used to a different flow. But as soon as you're doing digital, the the pace has to change and the cadence has to change. And what that what that did for us was it permeated through the whole business. And as we learned how how to do that, I think it increased the velocity all through the business, both, you know, kind of hardware and software. 
And I think that's been nothing but a positive for us. Um, now, those are gears that if you think of it as gears that fit together, the software gear is spinning faster and the hardware gear is spinning a little bit slower, but they have to they have to work together and the overall velocity goes up, which is great because it's it's significantly energizing uh, for the organization. And I think in parallel to that, the other thing I would say is you have to learn not just as an R&D flow, but you have to you have to uh, and we've been adopting the tools, I would say, of Silicon Valley. So we've. We've embarked this year upon, in the last several months, upon changing the way we do product management overall. And uh, we're, uh, we're deploying what I would call a Silicon Valley style method of product management, which is quite different from the traditional way products are managed in, say, a medical device industry, you know, the medical device industry 10 or 12 years ago. Um, but what remains at a premium for us is innovation. It's always been in our DNA, and it's just given us new avenues to innovate. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Want to kind of wind down a little bit because I know our time is is running short here. But ten years ago, ResMed got on the innovation wave, embraced digital. I want to ask you what happens five years from now. Um, what are your predictions? Or where do you see ResMed? Where do you see where do you see the market? Uh, where what are your what are your thoughts on that? And I know COVID is the big specter looming in the background uh, that could throw a whammy out to all of us. But just wondering where you see the market and where you see ResMed in perhaps five years time. That That's a really fun question. I am I am so bullish on where ResMed is going to be uh, in five years. Um, and if I I think where we'll be, Omar, is you will see us um, working across multiple channels with multiple therapy areas and in addition to having data augmented solutions, we'll be using data to improve care. And so if you think about the, the, the arc of uh, the story of where we've been, we were a medical device company that made great CPAP machines and other ventilators and so on. We then embarked upon this journey where we put um, data, you know, we, we put a cell chip and got data into the cloud off of every device. Um, we drove massive adoption in the market. We improved patient care. We improved the patient experience. And we've landed in a place, and that's that allowed us to, um, by the way, make acquisitions in, in SaaS-based companies and so on. And we've landed in this place now where we have all this data. I mean, we, you know, uh, and so just as simple as you know, going back again to CPAP therapy, we have more than 8 billion nights of de-identified sleep usage data. It's a massive data asset we have, and we have millions of users on our platform. And what we can do with that now, and this is the next step for us, is we can start to deploy artificial intelligence and machine learning into the patient experience and into the provider experience because we have enough data to allow the machines to help us learn how to improve it. And so what you'll see from us over the next few years is we're going to use machine learning to really improve the patient experience and personalize the care for individual patients to give them coaching and prompting so that their experience is, is as personalized as it can be. We'll be using those same kind of tools to allow providers um, to really streamline what they're doing and, to, and to in, increasingly take a cost. And more and more what we'll be doing is using that data to help payers understand um, which patients they should be screening for which therapy areas and proving the payers uh, and helping payers to drive outcomes. And so it's, um, I tell you, the, the horizon, uh, you know, is what we did back in 2014 created a bit of a revolution 
in our industry. And I think we're we're poised to create another wave, almost over almost another revolution uh, in the personalization of uh, care with our medical devices and digital platforms. It'll be interesting to see where we are, uh, where ResMed will be five years from now. And I look forward to to um, covering uh, that news. Well, Omar, and I'll, I'll look forward to talking to you about it as we go. I really appreciate the opportunity to share it with you today. Sounds good. And thanks for coming on Let's Talk Med Tech. Please come back and, and visit us soon. Absolutely. Thank you.